What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Browner and Lawhead. I am John Browner, joined by Jason Lawhead right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. We are coming to you live from our prospective studios. I don't even know if that's the way you're supposed to say that, but I did. I we are. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're trying to right. we're trying yeah, to rebound. Yeah, 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 I think you're right. It's, 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 it's January 4th. We're swimming in the new year. We're trying to rebound from this. We'll give you a Hamlin update. Um, somebody's trying to claw their way back into the NFL. No pun intended. We'll give you guys kind of like an NBA catch-up as far as we're concerned because it's been such a long time since we've had an actual basketball discussion on this show. We're going to break some of that down. Jason and I didn't get a chance to talk about the college football. I don't even know what you want to call the, the, the chaos for the championship uh, semifinals. And Dana White is in the news for all the wrong reasons that Dana White is in the news, and I'll get into that, and Jason will get into that later in the show. Jason, what's up, brother? What's up, man? You know, just trying to uh, just trying to get right a little bit after yesterday's opening episode and all the kind of mm-hmm. heavy heartness and all the uh, gravity that's going along with uh, this poor young man, Hamlin, and uh, just trying to, you know, uh, be you know, be in the kind of mood to to do sports talk radio, which, you know, eventually we got to try to just get our gears going again. But um, it's always good to be with you, man. And little things like what happened to Hamlin put a lot more things into perspective. There's always these these times in life and history Mm -hmm. and moments that kind of have a kind of a self-relative type of thing. And then it makes you be feel blessed to have who you have around and your health and, uh, you know, being able to come to work and do all the things that we love to do. So um, I'm just uh, I'm just grateful to be here with you today. And if we have to talk about things that we don't want to talk about, sometimes at least we get the opportunity. to. Correct. Uh, make sure you guys check out our podcast. Our YouTube page is the Kaplan and crew uh, for Browner and Lawhead. We are part of the great friends podcast network. Shout out to Kaplan crew. You can also head over to Kaplan crew.com. Get some merch, get y'all some merch, baby. Get y'all some merch. We go ahead and move some of them things. Um, so on the Hamlin update, uh, the NFL still has not decided what they want to do, uh, with the, the unplayed game. We went over that heavily yesterday about what we think should happen or what should transpire because of that. Um, they are uh, the young man uh, who is still in the hospital is uh, posted. They're going to try to either wake him up tonight or tomorrow, according to reports. Again, I don't know that to be true. That's what the reports are telling us, that they're going to attempt to uh, take him off of the ventilator and the live support um, to see what see how he responds. Uh, we're all hoping for the best. And uh, that's the latest of what I've heard and, and read about it. If have, if you've read something different, Jason, Cleo, no, free. no, I mean, they've kind of kept a lot of the kind of va- it's been vague, you know, uh, as it should be, uh, as it should be. And, you know, let the doctors be doctors, man. Let the experts be experts. Let them, you know, go through every x-ray, MRI, whatever, all the scans. Uh, let them, you know, monitor every machine until they feel like what they know to be the best thing to do is to do and all you can do is hope and, and if, if praying is your thing you do that and uh if lighting a candle or whatever it is uh is what you do you do that and um 
you just hope the NFL at the end of the day does the right thing. Games aside, I don't care whether they play or they don't play. We're talking about, you know, this kid's still and he's a lot of he's a lot of football games away from his pension when it comes down to when you examine the collective. Did, did you know he was only making six he was only making six hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. I mean, and you know, there's not that much that doesn't, you know, I mean <laughs> That doesn't stick around long when you have, you know. That's it. I'm gonna tell you right now. That's six hundred thousand. Ain't gonna. Wanna, no, that's that's that not gonna cover the hospital bill. He he he's accumulating, which no. obviously the team will take well, care of it. There's insurances but, for that, but we're talking yeah. about long term care. This guy may need long term care, lifetime care. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean forever. And um, so it's that's gonna be. Uh, you know, eventually kind of under the microscope for the NFL. I hope they're already trying to work things out as the right thing to do. Um, and even though he hasn't made his you know pension or he hasn't played this many games or, you know, the, the last collective bargaining agreement, they, they did reduce um, funding and certain things for all of that uh, type of stuff down the road. So um, that's where, that's where the big, I think, the big decisions of the NFL. The NFL still has to operate. They still have to do business. Like any terrible thing that that happens, you know, in any mm-hmm. in any instance, you know, um, you know, the the Pat Tillman situation in the military. The military's got to still keep doing business, even if they were honest Correct. in the beginning or they were uncovered, you know. So, but it's gonna be how do you take care of it and. Um, in the long term, and I hope the NFL, I mean, <laughs> I hope the NFL is, is going to do the right thing here at the end of the day, and that means forever if it has to be. Um, I think that when <clears throat> to move I mean, and, and to move on to that, because, again, now we're, we, it'll all be speculation until they actually do something. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, one of the stories that has kind of been under the radar because this has happened was uh, – Jim Harbaugh getting bounced again in a high-profile game at the University of Michigan. And now there are reports, and we'll talk about the charges at some point too because I want to laugh in people's face. Harbaugh has resurfaced as his annual will he go to the NFL conversation once he's eliminated from college football. I have a very straightforward take on Jim Harbaugh as a coach. I think he is a very me-driven person, and I think he's greedy. And I hmm. 100%. Because if you like where you're at, the idea to squeeze another $2 million out of the university does you what good? Like, where are you short on cash that you need to squeeze another 2 to $3 million out of the university a year because some NFL team wants to hire you? If I'm the, if I'm the University of Michigan... I'll call your bluff. I'll call your bluff. Go ahead. Go coach the Carolina Panthers for 12 million bucks. Go ahead. And when they run you out of there, because you're weird and you get ran out of everywhere you go, with the exception of here, only because you keep winning, we'll see what happens. This idea that every time this guy does anything positive, the NFL is going to come calling and the University of Michigan had to keep ponying up money. This is, the again, this is another side of college football that I just don't like. And every year around this time, these stories come out. He never denies them. He he never shoots them down. It's the same thing every year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's eventually going to go to the NFL. 
Um, uh, I think that this year, I think that this year, um, this loss to TCU was the kind of loss that said, yeah, I put Michigan back in the driver's seat of the Big Ten. I put us back shoulder to shoulder with Ohio State, and I've taken the last two from them, and I've been in the last two playoff games. But they were right there, too. And uh, they 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 actually had a better chance of beating Georgia. It's a better team, Georgia, than we had a, a chance of beating TCU on that evening. So in my in my estimation, it's he's always it's every night he goes to bed, even as a Michigan coach for the last whatever it's been seven eight years. <clears throat> every night he goes to bed, I know that that not having a Super Bowl and his brother having one, especially having it over him. I mean, his brother beat him <laughs> in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, yeah. Um, And the thing is, is his brother doesn't have to go backward to prove anything, right? The NFL is Correct. the ultimate. You won the Super Bowl in the NFL. That is the ultimate. You don't need to go to some alma mater or some school or some big major program that, that's trying to call your name to go win a national title. So not only has... The the Super Bowl eluded Harbaugh. Now he's really feeling the grips of how elusive this national title could be because mm -hmm. this was a real team for him to win it, right? This team here. Now he's got McCarthy coming back. He's got a couple other pieces. But, you know, in a couple of years, USC is going to be entering into the Big Ten. A lot of landscapes are going to change. You're going to see a lot of young aggressive coaches, you know, new coaches, new faces, programs um, coming to fruition that he's going to have to compete against. And I don't know if the NFL job is out there for him right now that he wants and that he feels like he could go in there and, and really manage it to, a you know, a, a top contender type or at least a playoff contender or turn something around fast enough to get him into that playoff, you know, whether it's Indy or Carolina or, or whoever might be some outskirts looking to move position. Denver obviously is going to be a vacancy for a, a big name and a guy that, that they're going to try to land. Um, but I know he wants to go back to the NFL. I just know he does. And yeah, all the games See, he plays with money in, in Michigan, he's got him in the driver's seat right now. Cause who are they going to hire? Where do you go after Jim Harbaugh? I mean, you were lucky to go get him after the mistakes you made with Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. And Brady Hoke. Yeah. So, the, the fact that they, they I mean, they, they won the lottery even when he was struggling in the beginning to beat good Big Ten teams and get the team back on the map. They had still won the lottery in, a, in the sense that they got a big trophy fish here to coach. And so he's got them by these now that he's winning. Right now that the boosters are three years removed from him, from them going, wait a minute, maybe he cannot beat Correct. Ohio State. Well, <clears throat> now. It feels like he's the Urban Meyer in that matchup over Ryan Day, mm -hmm. right? So now he's got right. He knows he's got leverage. I'm better than Ryan Day. I got us back shoulder to shoulder with Ohio State. I can go anywhere I want in the NFL, whether it's an 0 17 team or a you know a, a team that's right on the verge. Uh, I think that the, I think the uh, the misunderstood point about what's happening with him is I don't think he wants to go to a winner. I think he likes the situation in Denver where it's a dumpster fire. I think he likes the situation in Carolina where it's a dumpster fire. I think he likes the San situation Francisco was a dumpster fire. Michigan Correct. was a dumpster fire. Correct. <laughs> USD was a dumpster fire when he went to it because a lot of people forget about right. that. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Stanford was a no. Stanford was a landfill for football until he went to Stanford. 
I think I don't think he wants to go to a place where everything is established because he has less control because someone else built that. And the pressures. I think he wants to go to a place higher. Correct. I think he wants to go to a place where he has to ride in like a knight in shining armor and put the fire out. So then everyone has to drop down and praise him. I think that's the situation that he's looking for. I think he wants a team with no quarterback. I think he wants a team with no offense. I think he wants a team that that all I think he wants is cap money and draft picks. And I think he wants to handle the rest. I think a, a place like the Texans for him, dream job. It's a, it's a dumpster fire. Nothing good's happening there. Hey, show up and help us. Here's $12, 14000000 million. I just don't, I just don't like the good, fact that Carolina suits him well enough. I agree. And that's the team that, that's got, the team that he's been in the discussions with. They've got defensive guys on that side of the ball. They've got DJ Moore, but they've got a lot of construction to do. And they've got cap money with moving McCaffrey and, and all these other things. So, you know, does he go there and say, hey, the NFC South is, uh, you know, it's up for the taking? I mean, Carolina could have won that division just in the – A game ago. They were 10 minutes away from winning that division. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as bad as they were. So I, you know, I mean, Indy's a dumpster fire. Like you said, Denver, I just think with the AFC West and, and the contract Wilson has, I, I, I mean, that, that you should almost be sentenced to that job. I think that when you look at the landscape that's out there, I think that he's going to leave. I don't know when he's going to leave, but I think I'm, I agree with you. He will return to the NFL because a guy cannot have as much success as he had at the NFL level and not go back be to be that it. close to the Super Bowl title that your brother has, right? The the only the thing that stopped him from winning the Super Bowl is that the lights went out. <laughs> that's um, that's like, right. look, like that's the legit that's only right. reason that's the game. He did not win out. the Super Bowl because the lights they went out. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like you. I, I think it keeps him up at night. It, this Michigan thing is awesome, but at the end of the day, it ain't the NFL. Mm-mm. And nope. so a guy like that burns hot. And there's no better way to burn hot and burn out than at the college football level. So that takes me to <laughs> what I got to laugh at y'all. Y'all know who y'all are. I've been telling y'all that the Charger curse is broken. Mm. I've been telling everybody who had ears. Justin Herbert was going to break the Charger curse. He is not Philip Rivers. He's not Drew Brees. He's better than both of them. And I know how much people love Philip Rivers here. And I know how much people love Drew Brees. He's better than both of them. And now you have a guy in a pass-happy league because the NFL has changed this dynamics the way that offense and defense represent itself. I think that they're going to make one of these quiet, out-of-nowhere Super Bowl runs that no one's going to be surprised. Because at the start of the season, what was the what was the talk about the Chargers? They have the most talented roster in the NFL. Yes, the Rams had won the Super Bowl. The Chargers have the most talented roster, position by position, in the NFL. All those guys got hurt during the year. But you look up on Sunday. You look up this Sunday. Keenan Allen back on the field. Mike Williams back on the field. Herbert, 100% healthy, no rib injuries. Bosa back on the field. Derwin James back on the field. Khalil Mack on the field. All the issues that they had, they got them resolved. And by the way, they kept they kept winning while resolving issues. They won four straight. If they win Sunday, they've now won out. And now they're looking at being the number one team. Oh, I'm sorry, the number five team facing Jacksonville, who beat them earlier in the year when none of those guys were around. Right. 
So if I'm if I'm them, I'm look. I want that fifth seed because I want to go to Jacksonville and I want to hand out some pain. I want to hand out some pain big time. But you got go to they, you gotta go to KC after that. <clears throat> and who's played KC better than anybody? Hadn't beat them. Hadn't beat them. But who played KC closer than anybody's played KC? The Chargers have. And who has the weapons to go in there and, and pull off an upset? The Chargers do. They have a pass rush, with, and that's what hurts. Kansas City is a pass rush. You have two of the best pass rushers in the league. You have the best safety in the league. Like, they've got the I, tools. I, I was just going to say, I, and I, you know, they played great coming out. And you're right. They've got all these pieces. Do you think? If do you really think that they can go out? And I'm not saying you know beat Jacksonville. Yeah, they could go beat Jacksonville on the road. But you, can you win? Mm-hmm. This would be the scenario: Jacksonville on the road, who's playing good ball going out as well. They played good ball going in the start when they were beat up on the Chargers. What was it, thirty-eight mm-hmm. to nothing? Thirty-eight. That's to where 10. it started. Yeah, they, and you know then they hit a little lull. <clears throat> Young team figuring it out. Then they got their they got their mojo back a little bit, and they're finishing strong. And all they got to do is beat Tennessee to win the division. And it looks like. You know, personnel wise, that they definitely have one, one of us could be quarterback in Tennessee Sunday. One yeah, of us exactly. Personnel wise, they definitely have the advantage over Tennessee. <clears throat> now, but but it would be, I mean, theoretically, it would be win in Jacksonville, win in KC, and have to win in either Buffalo or Cincinnati to get to the Super Bowl. Now, the only thing is, is that you're right; these guys are back. They all haven't played a lot of games together back. Um, but my only issue with the Chargers is. Their strength, you know, when you look at strength of schedule, strength of victory, right? They got the strength mm-hmm. of schedule percentage and they got the strength of victory. They are by far, the, they have the worst strength of victory of any playoff team in both conferences. It's 338 right now. Whereas when you see somebody like Buffalo, Buffalo has a 479 strength of victory. Where's Kansas City in that? Kansas City right now is look four, at the bottom. 425. So, four, so, Cincinnati has the best strength of victory in the AFC 483, Buffalo 479, um, and uh, then Baltimore 453, KC. But 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 the 338 is considerably low in both conferences. There's only the Giants are the only other team in the 300s at 392. Um, <clears throat> Dallas has the highest strength of schedule, strength of victory, I should say, off of their strength of schedule in the NFC, and the best strength of actually you know what's interesting is the 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 biggest the 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 best schedule so far right now is tampa bay has played the the strongest schedule when it comes to percentages um their strength of victory isn't isn't it's just kind of in the middle of the pack but that's my only concern we talked about this throughout the year is that the chargers really you know when it comes to week after week you know playoff team next next week is a playoff team next week's a playoff team and they're all on the road. That's the only thing that scares me. Not because of Justin Herbert. I, I agree with everything you're saying. As as far as you know, time will tell whether he's going to be better than Breeze. But I like him definitely better than um, Rivers. Uh, at this point in his career, he's better than all of them. Oh yeah, at this point in his career, he's one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the history Ever. of the game. Yeah, when you put you know, yeah. match up Marino and and guys like that, Josh Allen, and and certain things when your first three or four years. Yeah. Um, but like, so I, I, I think that at, I think that when we look at it that the strength of win this isn't college football where Mm -hmm. you're playing guys and your strength of schedule and your strength of victory is important because you can't control that right bad college football teams are just bad teams these are all nfl teams Mm -hmm. everybody's playing the same teams 
pretty much. The Chiefs have played the same teams the Chargers have played pretty much with the exception of a couple of games. And so I, when I look at that, a, a statistic like that, if I'm the Chargers, I like that. I like to hear that because it just adds another block to teams saying, that, oh, we haven't played anybody. We haven't beat anybody. When they go to, let's say they win, they go to play KC. They played in KC enough. Whether it be the weather, whether it be the crowd, there will be zero intimidation. Mm -hmm. Zero. Because they've done that already. Whether it goes to now, whether they end up playing Cincinnati or Buffalo, I think the only thing that Buffalo would be more difficult to play than Cincinnati because the temperature difference. It, there's a good chance that it might be uh, uh, a frozen hell mm -hmm. in Buffalo, and that's difficult to play a game in. But outside of that, I, I, I like what they I like with the momentum that they're building up. People keep talking about San Francisco building up momentum. The Chargers are on the verge of being, the, I think, the third hottest team going into the postseason. And so I like that because you can only beat who you play, but we'll be playing more when we come back. Brown and Lawhead right here on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN. Welcome back to Brown and Lawhead right here on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN. I'm John Browner, joined by comedian extraordinaire, world traveler, and, and food expert, <laughs> Christmas enthusiast. He's sure he's sad the season's gone. Jason Lawhead. You know, I was watching something on CNN the other day and I thought of you. What was that? I think we need to write a treatment for you to get one of these travel food shows. Oh, were you watching the Stanley Tucci show? Uh, I just, it, it was, no, it was another one. Okay. Uh, I, I I can't remember which one it was. But it may have been the old Anthony Bourdain episode. Uh, he's I can't, my spirit I, I can't, animal. He's literally the only celebrity like death I've ever missed in my life. I, I will go and sometimes go down a rabbit hole and watch Bourdain episodes or like little interviews with him just when I'm bored. I absolutely love everything that's ever come out of that man's mouth. Uh, that's amazing. But yeah, I would love to have a travel food show. I always, I, I actually wrote a treatment for one, um, submitted it. You know, I had some people try to help me with it. Never got really, never got really going, but I, uh, um, yeah, I wanted to travel and do all kinds of different, just like sporting, events, you know what? sporting events and then hit the town or the area and then stop at the tailgate before. So like do a weekend, like let's say it was an NFL Sunday game or it was an NBA or whatever, like college football game. And then you like, you hang out in the town. I do a show like on the Friday night, you get little clips of that. And then you'll go around and hit some late night spots and then go all over the place and hit a couple other diners and then get to the tailgate. And that's the end of the show before the game that you featured. But, uh, um, it's it's languishing in the Writers Guild Association, you know, um, copyright type of uh, whatever they put that in. I think that, you know, with this show, we have a massive amount of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, we can do, do this, whatever we want. Do this from anywhere. I think that I think that we're going to we're going to challenge our, our listeners and viewers. I think we're going to start doing some food episodes where we're going to go out and we're going to eat because, you know, I've done that before. Mm -hmm. It's called Brown Town which and we can kind of figure out a way that we can go to restaurants the two of us eat food and then put that segment on this show the second half of this on I the second it. half of the show we'll start doing that just kind of giving people something different i don't know how that would play on radio but we could well, definitely we could do, do that for the youtube video. page right Let's we could it. definitely do it for youtube page it'll be more content it'll be it'll be fun it'll be it's an energetic uh way we, we got a lot of ideas coming up for the show i think we're going to start doing some more watch parties with the tournament Baseball's coming back, so there's going to be some some ways for us to kind of get intertwined with that because the Padres are going to be such a huge story. Oh yeah! So we're gonna have, this show is solely based on fun. 
Yep. Again, we always say by the time you get to us, you've already developed your opinion. Now we're just having fun with it. That's what this show is about. So we're going to find ways to be more interactive with you guys and try to make 2020, I almost said 2026, Jesus Christ, <laughs> 2023, more inclusive, more of a thing. So we got something else coming up on the show. We're going to start doing a little thing called The Checklist, where we're going to give you three things that we think we'll see by Monday. And you guys can start doing your own checklist, and we'll start uh, uh, kind of sharing that back and forth with that uh, as the show goes on throughout the year. Um, we were talking about football and Jim Harbaugh. We gave a Hamlin update. Uh, also laughed in people's face about the Chargers. The national championship, I got to tell you, I, I found it to be unwatchable. The two semifinal games. Wow. I, I found I found them to be wow. completely unwatchable wow. from this standpoint. At some point, I think I'm just an old man when it comes to sports, when it comes to football, when it comes to basketball. Maybe it's because of the way that I played. I like to see defense. I was the defensive player of the year multiple times. I let this California Junior College block shots. I've always been all defense first team when I played. So I like defense. I don't like 41 to 42. I don't like 43 to 46. I don't like that. I want to see defensive schemes. I want to see defensive players. The offensive nature in which college football has become, nobody can stop anybody. And I mean nobody. Look across all college football. Nobody can stop anybody in the fourth quarter. And I, to me, that's just not compelling. And the fact that this kid for Ohio State, who I'm pretty sure, Received some of some ugly messages after he missed Ooh. that kick. But, brother, you got to, I mean, get it in the state. Get it in the state, my man. Like, what are you doing? You had an opportunity to drink for free for the rest of your life in Columbus, Ohio, my man. Wherever you go with a buckeye on your shirt, you could have eat, drink, flown, slept, whatever for free. Bro, you didn't even get in the zip code. You can't even bar, so, you can't even bar back in those places. They won't even you, hire you. You can't even get a job mopping the floors and the bars. You would have been getting free drinks in. Right. I mean, young man, you. Oh, and it was just such I a just, bad effort. It looked like I said the ball looked like it was just a. It looked like just a football in a tornado. You know, like, like <laughs> tornadoes just pick stuff up. It just looked like just it just looked it. like there a tornado swept through and picked up a ball and shuttered it around and then dropped it. Cause that was, I'm gonna try to find it for people who, who who may have not seen it. I mean, I don't, I don't want to see it again because it hurts my heart to watch this young man literally miss oh. this kick this bad. Like this is one of the worst misses I think we've ever seen to win a game. Uh, luckily, it's I can't find it. Oh wait, nope. There we go. So I'll tell you where that I game was won. I'll tell you where that game was on. And obviously I'm an Ohio state fan and uh, I'm really proud, I guess is the word of how the kids came out and played Georgia in the, in Atlanta. I mean, basically a home game for Georgia. Um, you know, I mean, and even though Ohio state, here it is. Like, look at this, look at this. You can, you can talk over this cause there's yeah. no sound, but this kid just look at this. Look how <laughs> like what? Yeah, I mean, it's just you went past John. You went past I mean, the John. Kind of like lost time. the cameraman. The cameraman when, was when, like he was like between the uprights, and then he had to like pull down left hard, like uh, 
you know. Whenever your kick goes past the John 316 sign, bro, you you in trouble. <laughs> it doesn't matter what NFL game you at. If your kick goes past the John 316 sign, you need to pick up another sport. Because that, I mean, we've seen some Florida State wide rights. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. But man, 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 man. But I'll tell you, Georgia won the game. And the play of the game was not the play of the game was not made by any players in in a game that's 42 oh. 41 goes down to the wire like that the play of the game was how quickly kirby smart recognized that fake punt coming and he called that timeout right before that snap and he got that timeout as he was going timeout timeout ohio state snapped it whistles were hard to hear the kids played through ohio state Got that first down on the fake punt, but then they went back, called timeout, re reassessed, and then Ohio State had to punt the ball. I mean, they were sniffed out, right? They knew that you couldn't fake it twice after the punt, and that was the difference. Oh, Georgia getting the ball back on that particular possession and then being able to turn points out of it because Ohio State is across midfield now. They've got a first down on the fake punt. And the way that that offense was operating, especially on Georgia's side of the field, I just think Ohio State probably either goes in and you know punches in another six or seven, or maybe three if that kid doesn't kick it that way, which he probably wouldn't with the pressure, wouldn't have been on like that in just a 25, 30-yard field goal. So that was the play of the game. I thought that was a huge difference because when you look at team stats, when you look at everything, everything was just basically mirrored, right? I mean, other than the Georgia one turnover that Ohio State didn't have, Everything, yards per play, 11 to 10. I mean, everything, you know, penalties. Both teams had four for meaningless yards. Uh, you know, everything when you look at it, 135 yards rushing, 119 yards rushing, 533. I mean, there isn't much difference there. You know, Ohio State was a little better on third down than Georgia was, but that was the play. That was the difference. And, you know, Kirby Smart, man, I'll tell you, he's the reason Georgia is in that title game because that timeout. You know, obviously his kids played well enough to be in a game that Ohio State played great and to win. And George is very talented, there's no doubt. But that was the difference. I got to tell you, man. And, and the fact that you didn't like that, I get that you like defense. And, and I get – but that's college football today, right? College football today is, you know, giving up 30 is a good – that's good defense. Because if you gave up 30 or 35, sometimes you might have scored – out of the 42 you scored, your defense may have picked up a couple of turnovers or a sack fumble or, or a pick six. So that, you know, best case scenario in college football, when you talk about all this talent, especially gets pushed into the final four teams. And it's hard, you know, and, and I, I liked it because, you know, whether I'm a Hase fan or not, so many semifinals have been downers in the last few years um, that it was nice to see two games go right down to the just last couple minutes. And then this game go down to the last, you know, play of the game. Um, I hope that the final can look that way, but I don't know. See, this is where we're going to disagree. That didn't win the game. That kid lost the game. This, this, I, there's a school of thought in this where people go, I, one person didn't lose the game. We lost the game before that false i rarely prescribe to that because still uh, he's still got to make a 50 yarder at the college what is he level. there to do what is he there know, to do but he's a college what's player. his job but he's a college player he's not an nfl player an nfl player's job 
is to make the 50 yarder. His, his, you know, his, his, his role on the team of a college football team is to yes, make kicks that you, you say, but he's still a college kicker at 50 yards in that part of the game, which if Kirby smart does not call that timeout, there's probably not a chance that George is in that position to be up one. And if Ohio state's got the ball, they probably end up milking that clock down to win it. So yeah, he missed the kick. He missed it badly, but if he would have missed it by a fraction left or right, we'd still be sitting here going, how genius was that timeout by Kirby smart to pick it up. I mean, split second, like he's his coaches, they're running around. They're looking at the formation. You could see it on the re and then he finally gets this right here. And then the snap comes and it, it was that close to the game being salted away after that, in my opinion. Again, <laughs> again, even after that happened, CJ Stroud led one of the best fourth quarter comebacks against the best defense in college football, and they should have won the game. So the idea, and, and again, this is a school of thought. Some people believe this, some people don't. I firmly believe, I put the onus on the athlete who crumbles under the pressure. You did lose the game on that play because everything in the game led up to that play. The other team's trying to. Like when people say, oh, we didn't lose the game on that play. Well, what, what do you think the rest of the team was doing? Like everybody's fighting to get to a certain point. So there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be places where the other team does better. And there's going to be places where you do better because that's the, the give and take of sports. But when you get to a point where it's that close of a game and you don't, in the game, in the way you should have won the game, it is that kid's fault. It is. Or is the kid? It's thirty-eight twenty-seven. Who throws the interception? Okay, I'm, is it Russell Wilson's fault that he th threw the interception on the goal line in the Super Bowl, or is it the play caller's fault? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Russell it's, Wilson's fault. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's a terrible play call. Too. I mean, in Russell it is. Wilson's defense. It is, but Russell Wilson could have audibled out of that and turned around and handed the ball off like common sense. So this I so to me, when you have the ball and it's your turn to show up for your organ for your team, your university, your organization, your business, whatever the case may be, when it's your turn to show up and you don't do that, it's on you, man. It's on you. It's on you. So yeah, that, that's just uh, my that's my two cents. Ohio State's got an eleven point lead. If they if they, they got an eleven point lead with eight fifty eight. When he calls that timeout, if 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 uh, if they convert that with an eleven point lead and they're marching into Georgia territory, that's a tough. I mean, that's uh, you never see that field goal kicker. You never see him. I just I disagree because obviously you got to that point. I think that something else would have happened because the the game was going back and forth like that. Something else would have happened. For it to then turn into what it turned into, so you know, eh, eh, eh. That's just that's just my philosophy. I'm that guy. I'm that guy who blames people because when I was when I when I played, if you tell a bad joke, right, mm -hmm. rarely happens. You tell a bad joke, is it the artist's fault? Sure is. They didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime they don't laugh, it's their fault, Browner. Come on. That's one thing you got to learn. It's always their fault. No, that's funny. A, a great comic by the name of Jeff Caldwell. When I was first starting out, I was. I don't know, MC in her feature and I'm doing a guest spot or whatever it was. And uh, 
he was in the back veteran comic had been around he's he's having a little cocktail and i get off stage and i come back and i was really new this 20 years ago or whatever and uh i say something like oh man i said something and i was all frustrated because i had a you know tough it was like a three or four minute set just a guest set and i was like oh man this oh, god man this this crowd god man this crowd they're just so tight and he just looked at me he had a cocktail and he goes hey it's always there remember that it's always there well he just took a sip and it was kind of like it was a nice bit of advice to say don't make that excuse you're young i get it but like and it was one of those kind of like and i and it i'll never forget that it was one of those like yeah man you just gotta do better <laughs> if you knew better you do better um yeah I, and, and, let's do Forget it I, I want i want to do okay. i want to get into our our checklist beautiful so because we got five minutes here. Mm -hmm. well, so we're going to start doing something that we're going to call the checklist. We're going to start doing this every Wednesday because football season's over. Our game predicting will still be a part of the show. We'll also throw this in there as well. So we'll do something that we think we will see by the time you hear from us again, which will be Monday, 6 p.m. Because we're Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. on the Meyer 1090 ESPN. So my first thing on the three things. I think we're going to see Dana White either suspended or out as the UFC, as head of UFC. Um, Dana White is on record saying that anyone who hits women in the UFC, that they're done. There is video of Dana White slapping his wife multiple times after she had slapped him. They admitted they had been drinking. She's come out and said that it's completely out of character from him. That's not who he is. That all could be true, but that's not what's on the video. As a great man once said, you are what your record says. That's what we saw. So we're going to go off what we saw. So my check on my checklist, my number one thing is we will see Dana White either suspended or not return as the head of Ooh, UFC. Wow. You think it's, you think it's going to get to that point? I think you cannot have an organization built on violence have the head of the organization openly displaying violence against women of all things. Now, if he had gotten into a bar fight, that's the business. That's literally what they do. They fight. You can't be slapping a, your, a woman, your wife of all people, that public, that more than once. Like, she hit him. If you had some, like, snap reaction, you hit her back. You could probably explain that natural reflex. But for him to hit her and then hit her again and then appear to have thrown her to the floor again, I don't know if that's what happened. But from the video, there are clearly two hits. From him, mm -hmm. that just you just as an organization, you cannot have him be your front facing guy anymore. You just can't. Hmm. I think he'll escape it. I think that the nature of that, you know, the nature of that sport I mean, and the nature of it, the support for that sport and the, the people. If there's video of if there's video of uh, uh, who's a who's a if there's video of Jerry Jones slapping his wife, he's done. Yeah, but that's a different. That's a different. I think there's a different culture there. I think there's a different culture in the NFL as violent or as expectation. The, NFL, the, the as expectations my, are probably different. Yeah, I think as violent as the NFL can be on the field, and as much as riff raff goes on off the field when we hear about certain things, the NFL has still, for many many years, going back to its not just inception, I will say, but it's 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 hyper growth, which was the merger, the 70s, television. Mm -hmm. That was the hyper growth of really getting families around the television set, right? You're, you're supporting your local team. 
you're a family. Then the game grew to everybody loving every game, right? Like you're just you're you're gonna if you're a Cleveland fan, you're gonna watch Sunday night football, you're gonna watch the four o'clock matchup, you're gonna watch as much football, you're gonna get the red zone channel. It's a family type of around the TV where I just don't see the UFC being that they're not attached to that they're late night pay-per-view it used to be or whatever now it's on a lot but it's 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 testosterone filled even with there being women in the ring and and it's a different breed of woman so to speak compared to your your you know what what we kind of see as the 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 average one so i don't know man i i think that would have to be a lot more egregious i think that the, he'll get the support and he'll get the kind of well it was a little argument let him deal with it unless there's other stuff and there's better cell phone footage or there's other 911 calls that a great investigative reporter starts unfolding that there's a pattern here i think he's gonna be okay all right give me one uh i like uh th- th- for this just anything off the checklist this week Anything. I like uh I like the um Jacksonville Jaguars to win to win uh that game and be the AFC South champions going away against the Titans. Oh. And I, I like them locking it up and I like them going in strong. I think they, you know, I think they're 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 primed to win this game. Um and I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna is gonna become and that that is gonna be the marquee. First round matchup is going to be Justin Herbert at Trevor Lawrence. These two young studs that both franchises are really banking on to to kind of rise up and, and have the kind of best run they've ever had in their franchise history. I think it starts there and it starts this weekend. Titans. I mean, uh, Jaguars over Titans. All right. Well, we got one because we're, we're, we're pretty we're much out of time. Well, we we're going to implement to this and get it into. We're going to implement this. I like it. And we'll we'll come back and we'll see if the Jags have won. We'll come back. We'll see if Dana White is still in business and 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 see where we're at with that. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to us this week. Again, you can catch us on uh, iTunes podcast. You can also catch us on YouTube under Kaplan and Crew. We're Browner and Lawhead, and we will see you guys on Monday. On Monday, peace, peace.